today, dear CCC listeners, we take you on a journey to the edge of watchability. <laughs> today, dear readers, we introduce you to the twisted mind of Uva Ball. <laughs> Welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 14. My name is Mark Champlin, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. How the fuck is it going, girls and gays? Man. Oh, it's bad. Thanks for asking. It, yeah, Mark, you know, what, mm, 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 girls and... We watched and, Blood Rain. We girl, watched Blood Rain. Girls and gays, it has been a very nice time on the podcast lately, if we're being honest. We watched... Spy Kids 3, which was a totally goofy and ridiculous but fun kids movie that made it has no Elijah sense at Wood all. in it. How bad can it be? Elijah Wood got killed in a hilarious fashion. There was some bad special effects. It reminded me of my childhood. We had a nice time. We saw Need for Speed, which, aside from a completely gratuitous and unnecessary comedy sexual assault sequence, was a totally competent action film. Totally uh, enjoyable, pretty much from start to finish. You know, aside from aside from you know the parts of it that were gross. Mm-hmm. Then we watched Pokemon, the first movie, a treasure delivered uh, unto man uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we had a very nice time being nostalgic, and then you know getting Th- to thinking about Burger King toys. Yeah, getting a little bit too navel gazy about Pokemon and shit. Uh, and we were living in paradise. <laughs> and we and we thought to ourselves, um, you know, uh, how how can things how can things ever get better than this? And, and the decided. answer was they could not, and things would only go downhill. And we have we've been avoiding a lot of we've been avoiding a lot of things with the podcast. There are two. There's two metaphorical uh, elephants in the room. And they are Uva Ball move. <clears throat> they are Uva Ball movies, and they are the Resident Evil franchise. Yeah. And today we, we decided to take the dive the into first... a, a giant pool of blood and severed d- limbs. Yeah. So, so we talked about 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 uh, friend of the show Uva Ball <laughs> a little bit last week. Solid uh, bit, yeah. Um, but but. Mark, Mark, you've been doing some research. I mean, we, we've both done similar amounts of research in that um, I've read a couple of snarky articles which d- just highlight things that you could have gotten from his Wikipedia page. But See, I cut out the middleman there and just straight up yeah. read his Wikipedia page. I mean, this just... is stuff... That I, I grew up on the internet in 2005, you know, so mm-hmm. Uva Bull was definitely a person I was very aware of because I was definitely in the scene of, like, snarky internet uh movie critic types uh who would maybe potentially get into a boxing match with Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll <laughs> is a German film director uh who many uh, who uh, uh, last <laughs> last week I said that people have like theorized that he like uses like the, the only reason he makes movies is because or like that he's able to make movies is because of like tax loopholes and shit. I did not oh, yeah. know that the, he had straight up admitted that on yeah, the DVD commentary it's for Alone in the record. Dark. It is on the record. <laughs> yeah, on just, the on n- none of his movies make any money. Like they make uh they make a tenth of their budget at best. Yeah, this this movie uh Blood Raid like 
what was it like 21 million dollar budget 25 million dollar budget to like two um, million dollar box office let me go let me go back and he straight up says like yeah the german government you know because of this tax loophole was you know giving me 50 percent of the money back to make movies blood rain which made which was made for 25 million dollars made 2.42 million dollars and so despite <laughs> the fact that this man and, and and it's really hard to tell just like reading interviews with this dude like how self-aware he is of how terrible his movies are because we should get ahead of this like blood rain is a just just like sub conan the barbarian level just schlocky like it's it's a sexploitation movie honestly it, it, mm-hmm. it's 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 uh you know it's ridiculous over the top gore it's scantily clad women with swords it, it, it really is just <laughs> despicable in every possible way and it's a movie that i can't imagine anyone involved with it could feel good about themselves <laughs> having doing. made yeah not, and not one and so he's just making these movies that were just getting torn to fucking shreds and it's really and he comes off like he's like you know, he said he was quoted as saying, like, I'm the only genius in the whole fucking business and like all of this shit. And it's really hard to tell how all on the level it is. There's this video where I'm going to heads up beforehand. I'm going to use some coarse language that I would not personally use, but that Uva Bull used. Uh, there's a video uh, where he calls Michael Bay a fucking retard. Um <laughs> And to to be, and, and say that he's like better than him, and it's it's hard to tell how much of it is on the level. Yeah, it's um, yeah, har- harsh criticisms. First of all, very um, very interesting uh, interesting way to criticize a fellow filmmaker. Um, <laughs> did, did we talk about uh, the boxing matches thing yet in detail? <laughs> no, but we. I don't. I don't know if we do. We even discuss it together. But but holy shit. Yeah. I mean, real quick before the boxing matches, like him as a filmmaker, it's hard. It's hard to decide how how self aware he is. It's kind of the thing of like, you know, does he have artistic vision or is he really just? Does he think he's a genius because he's doing because he's making money from the German government this way and and he is truly immune to criticism because he never cared if his movies were good in the first place. Because if so, like, I guess it's, like, smart, quote-unquote, in the way that, like, you know, like an asshole can be smart. (laughs) But it's not, like, genius. Blood Rain is very clearly reveling in its gore and in its, like, over-the-top violence. You know, they, they show a man getting his face smashed in with a spiked club like three times in a row and show his brain splattering all over in slow motion. And it it really does seem like the movie is aware in those moments that it is this, you know, stupid kind of B-horror film in a way. But it also feels like it it has pretensions towards being a serious movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think... It, it almost seems like Uva Ball, you know, this is me totally bullshitting, but it, it almost seems like he wants to exist in that space where he gets to, you know, it, you know, if people don't like it, that it's a parody. And if people, or, or then if people do like it, that it was totally serious the whole way, you know, it was all, it was always on the up and up, you know, he, yeah, he, if, if people think it's shitty, then, oh, it's an homage to this shitty thing. Yeah. He, he wants to be, 
I think he fancies himself like a Tarantino, uh, where, where like, oh, it's clear that in this thing, it's very over the top because I'm doing an homage to yeah. other, th- other thing. And whenever you're, you know, paying tribute, you have to do it over the top to be like a caricature of that thing. When in reality, it maybe it's just like shitty. Yeah. Because he has shitty taste. Like, Blood Rain is a Quentin Tarantino movie with worse cinematography. <laughs> you oh, know, in, yeah, in, for sure. In that fashion, you know, obviously, okay. There's a lot of things that make and the, no, I'm, not, I'm making not I'm, good acting. I'm making a sardonic <laughs> point, but like, you know, yeah. What I'm what I'm trying to say is that you know, m- movies like Quentin Tarantino's movies that you know feature like a bunch of sexual violence directed at women and are just these movies full of women being brutalized in like <laughs> violent fashions and embarrassed in these ridiculous ways, like. You know, they're still just as exploitative. This movie just doesn't even have, like, the artistic merit for people (laughs) to be able to sit there and go, like, wow, what is he trying to say with all of the rape that happens in this movie? You know, because this movie sucks ass, there's no real, uh, uh, like, you can't bring any sort of broader analysis. You can't fucking stroke your beard and be like, yes, but, like, what was he trying to say when he put himself in the movie and made himself say the N-word nine times? Yeah. I, just, I, just don't <laughs> un- I just don't know what he was getting at. Um, I can to you. It, 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 gives you no, it gives you no reason to find the there that may or no. may not be there. It, no. it gives you nothing to hold on to. I mean, at least in at least when Tarantino... Uh, and I, I, I don't want to give him any fucking credit, but he... He at least, he puts on airs. Tar- Tarantino uh, is like an interesting storyteller. You know, Tarantino uh, can, yeah, construct, no, no can construct a narrative. He can, you know, put a fucking interesting action scene together. Uwe Boll has absolutely none of that going for him. So he can't no. get away with being like, well, he can, I guess, because he did for a while. Apparently, reading the uh, Wikipedia page, the loophole that he used to use was closed in 2006. So, you know... Th- <laughs> So and now he owns movies. a restaurant. So anyway, we have so much to get to. I could get mad about fucking douchey white male filmmakers all day. But we have so much to get to with Blood Rain because it's awful in so many ways. Uh, yeah, this is this is the most irredeemable movie we've seen. Here. This is the it's, worst movie. I, this I is texted the worst you, one. I texted you earlier today that this movie is like as a, as offensive and problematic as Hitman, but without the fallback of being like a good movie. Yeah. So, it, so uh, real quick, two second aside, I've never played Blood Rain. I didn't even know Blood Rain was a thing uh, before we watched this movie for this podcast. Don't give a shit. We're going to talk about the movie on its own merits. Cool. Mark, We're going to play it on stream boat. one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on my on my new pop-in Twitch stream. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um so as I said this movie is terrible. Um and and it it really it really wants you to know how fucking edgy it is from the very beginning. It really is astonishing. It's mm-hmm. not astonishing. I'm using astonishing in massive, like, 12 sarcastic air quotes there. <laughs> but it really is, like, amazing how many movies that we've watched for this podcast that within the first five minutes, like, feature a scantily clad woman being brutalized. Like... Yeah, like like a like a tied-up naked woman. Yeah, That's getting, the, getting the shit kicked out of her. I, I can't... I just can't imagine why the director would think that... 17 year old gamers would want to see this in their movie yeah it's it's it it it, the obsession of like this 
type of director in this type of film with putting naked or like you know sexy women and then having them get like torn to pieces um is so consistent and like is says something really sinister about our culture i think um Mm -hmm. and so on top of all of that and we'll get into all of that because there's some specifics um it's not it's just a terribly made film um it's we talk about pacing a lot on this on this show. We maybe disagree on pacing sometimes on this show. But this sure. movie is like, it's so fucking fast. Like, they don't, every single line is cut immediately to the next line in the script. Like, every single yeah, scene goes that. by in like five seconds. Because it's just like, line, 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 out. They don't yeah, you, like you're bound to miss things when with this movie. Like it's it's the, impossible. The movie... It's impossible <laughs> to follow this movie. No, it cannot be done. Like there's, there, there, we're not going to describe of... the plot because I don't fuck. It's got vampires in it. That the the fact of the matter <laughs> is there's so many proper nouns in this movie <laughs> yeah. that like I can't keep track of like like okay there's there's the super evil bad main vampire but like there's another super evil bad main vampire played by Billy Zane there's like 12 is, macguffins there's macguffins i mean it's based on a video game so yeah. when i when i saw there was macguffins i'm like okay so you know it's a video game you yeah but you can't keep triforce. track of them their importance is never clear to you none of the ca- we'll get into the characters but like you every single scene you never get any moments where a character will like say a line and then you as the viewer are allowed to take a moment and like reflect on that and maybe like we see how a character reacts to that and it's like oh maybe there's some tension there he didn't like what he said there it's just like boom 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 exposition out every single scene and it mm-hmm. you can't keep up with it after a while it just overloads your fucking brain it's just like like, yeah, I would lose track of who said what and who had what accent. God. Like, I, I remember being surprised halfway through that Michelle Rodriguez did have an accent. Because in my mind, like, she just talks like Michelle Rodriguez. But then <laughs> she either can, starts to use an accent halfway through or maybe she was using it the whole time. And maybe she hadn't talked enough. Maybe she talked the whole rest of the movie. I fucking, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And, like, the... the char- no one... No one is no one is characterized in this movie. No. Like we, no, you were gonna ask me to describe, try to describe the characters. Describe, yeah, okay. Like there, you know, there's that there's that classic like uh, red letter media bit where they have them describe like the personalities of the characters in the Star Wars prequels. This is like on another level from that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, in the in the in the, in the episode about Warcraft that we did, I kind of talked about how there one of the reasons that that movie really fails is that you get so little of like, okay, here's uh here's the characters at their camp and they're just talking about whatever, you know? It's not it doesn't have to be about the plot. We're just learning things about them. There's there's so little uh, you know, moments where the characters are interacting about things that aren't the plot, things that mm-hmm. aren't, uh, you know, big fucking fantasy wizard bullshit, and instead, you know, grounded life shit. Yeah, the moments that, that also serve to bond the characters together. Yeah, so Warcraft has that problem. This movie, 
has that problem like times a fucking quadrillion. It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And and similarly to Warcraft, this movie fancies itself. I mean, it, it came out in the in the post the, the post glow of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. And Harry they're, Potter they're, they're, and Lord, Lord of the Rings kind of both coming out around this time and like kicking a lot yeah. of ass. Like the dude in this movie is just Aragorn. <laughs> yeah. He's he's just Aragorn, which is um it's it's a it's a funny um so the the main dude in this movie who's like a vampire hunter um and and also uh rain the the the, the female half she's, vampire person she's a protagonist in the movie. i guess they, they're they're the male and female protagonist of an rpg that was made in 2005 you can play the male <laughs> who's a, an aragorn stand-in with long hair and looks like ethan hawk and is kind of skinny buff uh, the way that you want to look, little gamer, and um, and then there's the the sexy lady in the BDSM corset who has knives for arms. <laughs> That's video games. Oh God, there, that's show business. <laughs> there's so okay. There's a, there's a couple like little key moments I want to pick out with with like moments Please that I do. think that I think demonstrate how this movie just totally bungles the concept of like having a relatable cast of lovable characters to, you know, guide you through your cinematic experience. God, these characters are such shitters. God, so there's a scene where, like, where, where the, the main female quote-unquote protagonist, I guess she has... she. She's in the center of the film, so I guess she she's has the such little agency that it's just like fuck. <laughs> she's she just kind of like drag. She's just kind of carted around in handcuffs for the entire movie and like getting <laughs> yeah. the shit kicked out of her. But there's a part where her and Michelle Rodriguez have a sword, but like a practice sword fight together because they're planning to go kill batting vampires. I guess it, I watched this movie fucking three hours ago, dog, and it's I already cannot remember most of the things that happened in it. It's but gone. They, they have this fucking sword fight together, and it's just like it's like the the main female Rain is her name. I've already forgotten Rain. She's half vampire. She's the protagonist, I guess. Um, it's like she is just like asking. Michelle Rodriguez to like read her character sheet back to her like she's just like oh so where do your loyalties lie and she just answers her with like some exposition it's like oh and where does your family come from and then she answers her with some exposition and it's just like and this happens like 50 minutes into the movie and like we're just learning like some basic facts about this character through like the most inorganic way possible and the reason the movie does this with the Michelle Rodriguez character is it's setting us up uh, for her to betray our main characters uh and you know side with the bad vampire guys because her father is one of them turns out but like i think they realized as they were writing that oh shit well you can't know that she's betraying them unless you know that she's with them in the first place and we haven't done anything to explain her character yet (laughs) they don't do anything to explain any of the characters dude you don't know who anyone is you don't know why anyone is there it is just a like okay the word the phrase fever dream uh, is overused in film criticism, I think, to refer to, like, psychological horror-type stuff. This movie is a fever dream because 
you know when you're in a fever dream and it feels like the same shit is just happening over and over again and you, you keep thinking that you're waking up and you're not and you're confused and you keep trying to open your mouth but you can't speak? That's what it feels <laughs> like to watch Blood Rain. There's a scene where... <laughs> yeah, that's super true. There, there's a scene where, okay, there's a character that has a harem. It's the worst. He's like a big, old, mean old vampire and he's got a harem full of sexy ladies and we're going to get into it. But there's a particular line that I really hate and I want to point out. And it's where this character is introduced for the first time, and then he has a fight with Vladimir, who is this other character that we know absolutely nothing about. And this is maybe like 45 minutes into the movie, and these are allegedly two central characters that we just don't know shit about in terms of their personalities or their backstories whatsoever. And, like, the harem dude kind of looks at Vladimir, this dude who sucks, and says, like... Vladimir, I've always admired your spirit. And it, and it, and it's like it's like he's he's referencing a rich like character history that we were never presented with. And the movie kind of presents it as if we're supposed to kind of feel something when he says like that like man, these two old friends really, you know, have to betray each other. We don't know who the fuck anyone is, and they're all a bunch of fucking assholes anyway, so we don't give a shit. <sighs> Yeah, because, like, the, the, the couple of things we've seen Vladimir and company do is, like, roll up on a camp that was attacked by a vampire and then, like, like brutally mercy kill the the unturned vampires and who are, like, begging for their lives. In and front of like, their families. No, we, we gotta cut your fucking head off, yep. actually. Yep. Because you were bitten. There's the bite mark. Bye. And, like, we don't have, like... It was. It doesn't show them like mournfully doing this or like reflecting on their horrible path that they've. It's. It's. This is not The Witcher, where like <laughs> the where like the guy makes a really tough choice and then like goes into the woods and thinks about it for a while. Like no, they do, they, they 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 fucking chop chop up these half alive people who have not turned yet can still feel pain and are. <laughs> Just cut their fucking heads off. <laughs> Burn them. Okay, there's... And move on. <laughs> there's one more. There's one more thing I want to hit. This is... This is such... This is such a specific take. And it, I'm literally going to talk about a single shot in the film that bothered the fuck out of me. I'm ready. Do, do your film school thing. Okay, so... In filmmaking, generally, when you are filming the person that is the protagonist, you... you need a camera. You, yeah, okay, number one... <laughs> Somebody has to direct the movie. Okay, no. But when, you shoot it, when you're shooting a character that's a protagonist, um, you generally try to shoot them at eye level um, with the camera kind of like, you know, as, you know, right at where their eye line is. And then uh, generally you're shooting them in like a close-up or in like a medium close-up to kind of communicate to the viewer, hey, this person is important. You're supposed to relate to this character because you see eye-to-eye with them. So like, for example, if you watch like, if you watch, like, the early Harry Potter movies, the camera is closer to the floor in the early Harry Potter movies because the protagonist is shorter. And then as the series goes on, the camera height gets higher. Okay, cool. There's a shot in this movie where, like, when the vampire killers go to visit this butcher who actually turns out to be an arms dealer for reasons that are too boring and stupid to explain. Mm-hmm. Because I don't Not know what they are. Not that to. I could if I wanted to. Um, and, and this butcher walks out. And they shoot him, and he's, like, kind of centered in the frame. He's shot in, like, medium close-up. 
and the camera is eye level with him, and he's like kind of nearly making eye contact with the camera, which is generally used to communicate like you're supposed to relate to this character mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. We see this, and he's an entirely incidental character that never shows up in the movie again. He's not important at all. There's nothing special about him. He has two lines. And I think it just, like, really demonstrates just, like, the complete and utter lack of artistry that flows throughout this entire movie that, like... Can, can I ask you a question about this? Sure. Uh, is this why the scenes of, like, gore and horrific violence, like, are particularly, like, uncomfortable because this is the way that they're shot? Like, all the people dying are at, like, direct eye level, so they're, like, staring at you as their, like, innards are ripped out? Yeah, it's, that probably uh, doesn't help. I mean, generally, like, the idea (laughs) is, like, if you are, like, eye level or above and looking at someone, and especially if they're making eye contact with the camera, you're you're made to feel very sympathetic for that person. And so, yeah, like, this shot with the butcher is just so careless and, like, just so (laughs) demonstrates, like, a complete, like... I, I don't consider myself a, you know, a talented filmmaker. I'm a fucking, you know, like, I'm, in, I'm a dipshit with a film degree. But this is shit that I learned in, like, fucking, like, visual storytelling 101, you know? And it, this is shit you would learn in, like, any number of video essays on YouTube that are 15 <laughs> minutes long. And yeah, explaining exactly. Why Home Alone is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, uh, briefly... <laughs> Okay, more than any other film besides, uh, you know, my nightmares, the most, the movie that I thought about most while watching this movie was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. When, yep. when I, somebody, I would say so, yeah. When somebody gets, like, cut with a sword and it has just, like, the ridiculous comedy blood spray and, like, there's that shot where, like, the dude gets <laughs> chopped in half. We never mentioned, we watched the unrated version of this movie, so we don't know... I'm glad you watched it, too. Yeah. ...how much of this is in the theatrical cut, but we saw the worst possible version of this movie, which we will get to, but yeah... I have some theories the as to gore, what was cut. I didn't look it up, but I have theories. The gore is so over-the-top and so slapstick. And it, it's just, and like when people get hit by arrows, it like hard cuts to them getting hit by arrows in a super comedy kind of way, the way they do in fucking Monty Python and shit. Like, yeah, every single time somebody gets shot in the face and the camera follows the arrow to the arrow's insertion into the guy's face and it sees the face get smashed in and him scream and the like the blood spurt out of the spot in his. It's such in a space ju- where the arrow pierces. It's such a juvenile film. <laughs> it really is, man. Yeah, it's it's just one like hour and a half long Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, time to get to the weird sex stuff because woof, we've been we've been woof woof woof. Uh, a, mm. a sex scene to rival Wiseau himself. <laughs> Do we want to, Let me do we want to talk about the sex scene first, or do we want to talk about the harem part? Let's start with the sex scene, because that one involves two people instead of, like, 12 people. <laughs> well, you know, uh, all throughout the movie, there have been, you know, very strong uh, underlying romantic... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's been romantic tension between the two main characters, <laughs> because this movie really justifies the fact that they, that they fuck against a jail cell door this? for way too... Long. Okay, we we talk we mm, mm, mm. we talk about the uh you know 
man and woman who have absolutely no chemistry whatsoever and barely talk to each other throughout the entire movie somehow end up being romantically involved with each other at some point. So this time it makes even less sense because up until this point, we don't know, like, the nature... We know so little about Rain, this, like, half-vampire, like... But definitely enough vampire to, like, act like a vampire and fucking murk people by sucking the blood out of their necks. Uh, We don't know, like, how much of a human she still is, and she doesn't hint at the fact that she's even human enough to, like, feel attraction or romance or sex. These characters don't talk to each other. The two characters, (laughs) they fuck... The guy is the same, yeah. They, they, they... It's... It's. They haven't spoken. I'm pretty is, sure they. It is spoken, the exactly. most astonishing demonstration of like heteronormativity I have ever seen displayed in a in a media product. Like it, <laughs> they, these two characters straight up do not interact, and then there is just a scene where they like walk in on each other in a room, and they just. They just fuck like, and it's it, like not. And it's it's not like it's it's not. It is not like oh they like. I don't even know what the fuck is going on for the record. I don't. This scene just starts like she she's like. Ugh. It's so hard to follow the plot. So maybe this is explained. In she, the- she she wakes up right, and he's like guarding her. I think in the like room, or maybe they're on a boat. I don't. And she goes to vampire but- bite him. Yeah, right. And sure. then and then they fuck instead. And it and it never comes up again. It just that just happens in the movie. And then the, and then and this happens maybe like 75% of the way through the film. Mhm. I think the shot, the up close shot of him like literally sucking on her nipple was like probably not in the theatrical version. Probably not. Um so yeah, so so we saw the unrated version again and uh and and then there and that and and then there's the harem part. So, again, a character who we're given basically no contacts for. We just know he's like a baddie vampire, I guess. And he's just kind of like, you know, he's like this, this like, older gentleman. He's a real Jabba the Hutt type of character, you know. <laughs> um, and the entire time that we see this guy, basically, like, the scene opens and it's like him on a bed with like 12 naked women around him like touching him and just like giggling and shit um and throughout this scene there's so much wrong with this fucking part but like the, the throughout the scene like there's a part where like so, somebody walks in and like throws a corpse on the bed and they have a whole like conversation about it the harem dude and this person who threw a corpse on the bed mm-hmm. and Throughout this, all of the women in the harem are, like, still just, like, giggling. <laughs> yeah, they have no reactions. They're, they they're don't fucking react like dolls. To, to anything that happens. And, like, they're, they're just... They're such props. Like the, no, they're, they're, they're brainless whores. That's, that's all the movie has to say about them. Yeah, like, it... it it's, it's... What does it tell you about... Uva Bull as a person, as a director, that he thought that his film needed this, and that he thought that he was the person to tell this story, and it the whole time none of it feels earned. I mean, we're gonna kind of get into this, and I don't want to talk about like you know. Okay, heads up, 
we're gonna there, there's yeah. straight there straight up is rape in this movie uh and we're gonna talk about it um because i want to talk about how i hate this movie um because okay so the main would you pair, say would you say it's a common thing when like rape is in bad movies that it's just used as a plot device and just does nothing to like earn its place in that movie absolutely and i and i, and sure. I do want to okay i want to set it up a little bit um sure okay yeah so, so you know the the main character rain her like backstory is that the she's a half vampire because the evil vampire bad guy raped her mom and this is like explicit in the movie they say that she was raped um and killed her and then that's where she comes from mm-hmm. um and it's it's really frustrating because this movie just does not deserve to be to be putting this kind of visual in front of people to be uh you know using this as shock value in a movie that just doesn't fucking earn it you know like you can you can depict like you know sexual violence in a film and say something really profound about it but like rape is just a plot device to uva ball you know the rape is just you know uh, is something that moves the story forward it, none of it is tackled this movie is too fucking schlocky and too much of a b movie to be trying to you know, contend with a main character who is dealing with the trauma of watching her mother get raped and killed in front of her by her own father. And the and the thing that 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 I would say is, uh, I mean, obviously you you would agree that the the fact that rape was part of it and not just the fact that he murdered her mother in front of her, like the fact that it was additionally she watched him rape her, doesn't add anything to like the fact that it's a revenge story like this would have equally been bad if like it's it's shock value you know it's it's, it's just shock value for the audience it's, it's a tool it's edgy and, and 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 it's like if you are going to put sexual assault imagery in your film then you better have something fucking important to say about it you know, mm-hmm. like if if you if you were going to make me sit there and watch a woman be sexually assaulted, then you better have a really fucking good point to make. Uh, and Uva Bull doesn't have a fucking good point to make because Uva Bull isn't a fucking feminist. <laughs> you no. know, um, and and so it it's just disgusting. And like in general, like vamp vampirism, vampirism, vamp vamp. vampirism vampire Mm -hmm. whatever Uh, the vampires vampirosity vampirosity like biting people uh is kind of used as like a visual stand-in for sexual assault in this movie um yes yeah absolutely yeah like there's this just absolutely disgusting sequence in this movie where like i know what you're gonna say immediately (laughs) after the harem (laughs) section they're just like there's just this random part where they're just in a dungeon and you're just watching a bunch of vampires drain blood from naked people. And, like, it's very obviously shot so that it's, you know, supposed to remind you of, you know, sexual acts. They they move and make noises in the way that it's supposed to, like, trigger those feelings in your brain. 
I, I thought you were going to mention the part where she like walks up to a woman on the street and starts making out with her and then sucks her blood and kills yeah. her. Oh yeah. That's another, that's another good part, you know? And, it, and it's just like, this movie just doesn't deserve any of it. It just doesn't no. earn. It, it's a fucking, it's a schlocky sexploitation movie with absolutely nothing to say. And the fact that it feels like it is capable of tackling sexual assault as a concept is just fucking disgusting. It, yeah, it's it's disgusting. It it like, it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason, and it, it was just a completely, it was a it was a choice that was done, with no thought to anything other than, hey man, this is this is edgier than regular violence. This is violence against a woman with and, sex in it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and women are 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 you know weak and defenseless so this will be extra heinous that he did this now she'll really be mad all right I, we gotta stop yeah yeah what are we watching what are we watching next week well uh, in in the late 80s there was a tv show called the legend of zelda and it was a cartoon and it was based on the video game the legend of zelda we are gonna do some research and find the three three most important episodes. There's one with a water park in it. I think we should watch that one. I, I think yeah. he says, excuse me, princess, and all of them. Yeah, so, don't so we'll worry. get it. Yeah, so we're going to kind of pick three choice episodes of the uh, of the Legend of Zelda cartoon series and yep. uh, watch those because I went through a lot this week watching this movie like genuine i really really genuinely blood rain was difficult to watch like yeah it was no fun like i'm like i'm i'm not a woman and it was still like i like felt bad for any like woman who saw this in the theater and had like gone through shit and like wasn't ready for this and like had to walk out with her gamer boyfriend who thought it was rad because she had knives <laughs> yeah so, that made me so sad. we're gonna watch a doofy cartoon with that looks like shit and just have some yeah. have a fun time talking about how silly and dumb it is where can people find the podcast on the internet mark uh well so alex um has made her triumphant return to the twitterverse <laughs> oh, uh in, into the twitterverse um, for a while now too we i we we haven't really mentioned it on the podcast, but yeah, I, I was I was on Twitter hiatus when this podcast started, and mostly I wanna I wanna plug our Twitters here uh, because if if you if you are out there and you are listening to this podcast, there's someone you, out there, and you like didn't this. and you did not find it because of Smash Twitter. I want to hear from you. <laughs> I don't care if you're not the type of person that usually leaves comments on things. We need to know that that, that you actually exist. Yeah. Or like D- DM either of us. Like that's yeah. welcome. Yeah. Are so, your DMs open? Yeah, my DMs are open. So you, you can yeah. find me on Twitter at Party Time Shuffle. Shuffle is spelled S-H-F-F-L. Where can people find you, Mark? Uh, you can follow me at Mark underscore Drizzle. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a funny story, but yeah, you he's, hear he's it named on after his favorite his favorite Pokemon ability. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you can fucking follow the podcast on iTunes and fucking Spotify and fucking 
if you're a real one, you'll follow it on SoundCloud. You already know all of these things. You already know. Uh, you already know the music is by DJ Tin Man. The, we already know that the art is by Courtney Kaufman. And uh, what do we say? Well, you you already know that for me it was Tuesday. For me it was Tuesday. <laughs> There was so much. It felt it was hard to. What a shitty fucking movie! I'm not looking forward to seeing the rest of his movies, which are probably exactly the same. I'm I'm really dreading Postal. God, I bet all of these have fucking rape. Like, yeah. I bet they all do. The way that like every comedian in 2005 had rape jokes because that was edgy mm-hmm. at the time, and that was like the thing. This is it's gonna be the same for these movies. He like 